ready to grow your business by building relationships online and offline? Are you looking for a system to attract new prospects and nurture your past clients? Maybe you're a business owner, a sales professional, or an entrepreneur. If you are, then great. Join me, Janice Porter, as we blast past your barriers to success and explore the power of relationships for your business. And welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Relationships Rule Podcast. I'm your host, Janice Porter, and today I have with me Andrea Waltz, and I'm very excited to talk to Andrea. We actually met uh, in 2019. I remember distinctly it was August because it was the last time I was actually on a live at a live event, and it's a long time ago. Um, and we uh, were both on the same stage at different times, of course. I was training on LinkedIn and Andrea and her husband, Richard, were doing an amazing presentation about their uh, book, Go For No. And a lot of you may have heard of that book. It's been around for a long time and it's still relevant today. So first I wanna welcome you, Andrea, to my podcast. Thank you, Janice. It is so fun to be with you today. Well, it's my pleasure. And I'm just gonna tell my audience a little bit about you as your company, Courage Crafters is the uh, create are, are the creators of Go for No. You and your husband Richard Fenton, and you um, are a co-author of that book, Go for No. Yes is the destination. No is how you get there. For almost two decades, you've been teaching people in virtually every business and industry how to think and feel differently about failure, rejection, and the word no to achieve their goals and dreams. And uh, I I know that this book has been around for such a long time because I read it way back then and I just reread it last week. And it's, it still is so relevant. As I already said, it was number one on Amazon's sales and selling list in 2010 and has remained in the top 50 of sales books for the last 11 years, which is a feat that is very exciting. Its strategy has been featured in online and offline magazines and journals, including Success Magazine, Inc., Inc., Forbes, and many others. Today, Go For No is a well-known methodology in the world of sales and widely recognized as the singular best program that deals with rejection in business. So with that, I mean, really, just give my audience a a nugget about the book first, because we all have to start there, I think. Sure, sure. So Go For No, the book is a short fable, and it is all about sharing a message. And the message is uh, really the subtitle of the book, actually. Yes is the destination, but no is how you get there. So in this fable, our main character goes to bed one night. He kind of supernaturally, mysteriously hits his head, wakes up the next morning in this fabulous house, no idea who it belongs to, walks around and starts to realize that it belongs to a future version, a 10-year-in-the-future version of himself. And then we proceed to have him actually meet this future version of himself, and together they learn 
where they kind of separated and that he learns the our main character learns the secret the 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 secret that the successful version of him learned which was to go for no and that means uh not maybe what you you think it would mean it doesn't mean to avoid no it doesn't mean to it means to be willing to hear no more often in fact to to want to hear no more often because when you hear no more often those are where the yeses and the opportunities are so it's very much taking a negative reality which is rejection and no is out there and turning it and making it positive so uh, and it's really you just said something that that made me think of did you ever see a movie called sliding doors yes and i think that's with gwyneth paltrow and she has this moment and they kind of replay this one moment uh where the doors to a subway slide closed and all of the different things that could have all of the different kind of threads that could have come from this one interaction uh because that's really how life yeah right 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 Right. what would happen if you if you do this or that because that's kind of how life is isn't it you never know what path you know if you make one decision it leads to a bunch of other decisions and uh yeah it's wild it's right but it's like um also made me think of it because it's like do you accept the no, embrace the no, and move to the next thing that, that it's going to bring? Or do you suffer in it, you know, and does it bring you down and does it, right? And so the character, the hero in your book, um, it, he learns these lessons in, a, in an interesting way by looking ahead. And so it kind of made me think of that, do you go left or do you go right? And actually, it made me think of another uh, book that you um, did a blog post on, and I'm sure, I think you even may have used it in, in your stage presentation. And I love it because I'm a children's literature fan and I'm a new grandma, two years, and I love reading stories to my granddaughter. And the book is Green Eggs and Ham. And you talked about that book uh, the other day, I think, in a blog post, Green Eggs and Ham by Dr. Zeus, and how that book, um, will you tell it? You tell me, because I love this. Yeah, so Green Eggs and Ham is a really what we think is one of the best sales books ever written. Right. Um, and we all we all know the story, right? It, there's two characters in this book. There's this kind of Grinchy like, very unhappy character, and then there's this little guy called Sam. I am, and he's the one running around with these green eggs and ham in his hand, and he's trying to convince this Grinchy like, unhappy character to try the green eggs and ham. That's the premise for the entire book, right? And the reason we bring this up in when we speak is because it's really a story of sales and persistence. This little character wants to do everything he can to convince this guy to try green eggs and ham for whatever reason. And the man, the the Grinchy character says no over and over and over so many times until finally he gives in, he tries them. And then what's really important about this story, what's so, uh, I guess, just kind of fun and funny is that he thanks Sam I am in the end, he thanks him for for forcing him to try the green eggs and ham. So it's a good reminder to all of us that, um, and obviously a great little embedded message for kids, um, you know, kids just hear the rhymes, but this embedded message is, hey, you have to be persistent. And oftentimes when you are, when you're doing something that is of service for someone else, while it may not seem like it to them, when they do try it and they get results, then oftentimes they will thank you for not giving up on them. 
Yeah, I, thank you for sharing that because I, I love that. That And now I'm going to pull that book out again, start reading it to my granddaughter because the message is so strong. Um, when you're um, speaking to audiences and, and around the country and so on, um, and online to everybody in the world these days, I'm sure, um, do people... Do people reach out to you in in looking for um, ways to not um, ways to handle rejection because that they can't get over that no being a personal rejection? Do you still run across that? And how? And what do you say to them? Yes. So every now and then we do have people reach out to us who say, um, and typically it's, it's kind of uh, the same message, which is, I get what you're saying logically and it makes sense that I shouldn't avoid no. Yeah, <laughs> that I should, uh, uh, it's a numbers game to some extent and I just need to work through it. And sometimes people just struggle with the emotional side. It doesn't matter. They understand it logically and it completely makes sense and they get it, but they still struggle with sometimes just anxiety. And mm -hmm. one of the things that I tell people and we teach when we train go for no and get kind of in depth into the, the psychology is have to give yourself permission to fail. You have to really kind of reparent yourself because I think a lot of people are so tied to this idea of perfectionism. They don't want to fail. They want to please other people. And so they have this real, um, it, and probably the perfectionism is the, is the real thing behind it. And so we try to work on that. But Janice, I will say this, there's probably if you think about a hundred people, this is just my kind of anecdotal experience over all these years, you think about a hundred people and there's always a couple, just a couple that have no problem hearing the word no. They hear our message and they, they, they'll come up to us afterwards and they'll say, I'm so glad you were here for everybody else because everybody needs this. Everybody's afraid of a rejection, but I'm not. I have no problem with it. I can hear no all day long. doesn't bother me. And then you'll have a couple people in the very opposite end of the spectrum where the no's are so debilitating. The idea of get, getting rejected is is terrifying and they have a lot of anxiety if, if they're told to approach somebody or call someone. And those are probably people that need, I guess you would say maybe cognitive behavioral therapy or to really talk to a professional who can help them work through some of those issues. And so that's where that falls out of the spectrum for us, obviously on both ends. There's a couple of people we can't, we don't need to help, a couple of people we can't help. And then you have the majority which are really in the middle. Um, great. That's a great answer. Um, it's like the 80-20 rule, you know, kind of thing. It always, now you also, in that essence, um, I know that there's a new book or fair, I don't know how new, um, but that you, um, I guess, co-authored with Ray Higdon, a book about go for no in the in network marketing industry. That's correct, right? I don't know how old that book is. Yeah, that's correct. We did that in about 2017. We, Ray is a huge success story uh, mm -hmm. in the world of direct sales and network marketing. He tells the story of how he heard go for no. In fact, we spoke at his company convention years and years ago. 
And he just took to it like a fish to water. He, he heard the message, which was, I just need to hear no more often. And he decided that he would get 20 no's a day and he would hear no more often. And he prospected everywhere, every day, every place he could without fail. And he got his 20 no's a day and it catapulted him because he also got yeses, obviously catapulted him to the number one income earner in his company. And he proceeded to have a ton of success and moved on to another company. Well, after watching him over the years and then watching him to, uh, create this training company that he has in the industry, we decided he is the poster child for go for no. He's been so successful with it. So we approached him and we said, hey, would you like to write this book with us? So we took a lot of the concepts out of go for no, kind of blew them up into bigger concepts, ones that really fit the network marketing profession. And then what we did was we, we kind of explained it from our perspective, but then we got his perspective as well because we're not network marketing experts. So we wanted to see how he took an idea and really applied it to network marketing. So I'm, I'm interested in that because um, I'm a network marketer, as you know, send out cards convention uh, conferences really, it wasn't, it was part of the send out cards conference where we met uh, the relationship marketing grand summit. And um, as a network marketer, I've learned over the years through my experience that at the beginning stages, the majority of people in network marketing, and I wanted to talk about this just briefly because I have a lot of network marketers in my world. And, and something that I always talk to them about is um, you get a lot of no's at the beginning because you don't have the belief yet in the industry of network marketing. So I was just, and when you do, that stops. That between that and the, the pyramid thing that always comes up, but the belief in your products, the belief in your um, industry, network marketing, because it's a powerful industry. So I just, I'm curious, now I have to read that book too, because I'm curious if that's addressed in the book. Yeah, we talk about uh, belief um, a little bit and we talk about the addressing the whole pyramid scheme issue and some of those objections really through uh, those things actually come up through the set. We have 17 go for no stories in the book. People oh, that good. we, yeah, selected who have used go for no successfully in their business. A lot of times, you know, recruiting someone or, um, you know, getting into the business themselves. So those things are addressed. One of the other things that we talk a lot about is just having that um, detachment from needing yes. that yes. word no. And I think especially when people get in uh, early, um, meaning they're, they're new and they are so excited and they want it to work. And so when they're faced with those initial no's, they are kind of looking for validation. Like I made the, did I make the right decision? Is this the right product? Will this work? And you can't be looking for outside validation from other people to help you decide if what you did was, was right. It's all about sharing, sharing about the products and the services and, and the opportunity, and then really detaching from that outcome. So I think that's one of the real powerful things in that book, but, but we touch it, we touch on a smattering of all of the hot topics. Okay. That's awesome. So, um, and it's on Amazon as well. And in your, in your, on your website, I'm it sure. Is. Okay. So um, I read another article that you wrote 
or blog post that you wrote that really spoke to me because um, I'm all about building relationships. My podcast is called Relationships Rule. And this was um, a, a blog post that you wrote called, Should I Focus on Relationships or Hit My Quota? And in it, I think, um, you know, you say there's only so much time in the day. And yet when it comes to building relationships, it should not be automated. Hallelujah. I'm a LinkedIn trainer and, and so many people send automated messages and that's just not who I am. It takes time and research and it requires even more time for meeting online and now finally even in person. But you say something about, um, you quote uh, Mike Vance who worked with Walt Disney, who says, who, I didn't know this, but who coined the phrase, think, oh, Walt Disney coined the phrase, mm -hmm. think outside the box. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and he also said, slowing down is sometimes the best way to speed up. So can you talk to that a little bit? Because this is really good um, information and training in a way for the activity around it. Absolutely. I wrote that post because somebody asked the question in our Facebook community. Somebody said, they were concerned because one of the things that we teach is to set no goals and to have people get as many no's as they possibly can. So there's this idea, belief, I guess, that, you know, it is all about numbers and you just kind of want to, you want to prospect and you want to filter through and put people in the funnel and all of that to where it's just kind of this churning of names and contacts and where do the relationships come in. So when I wrote the post in my head, I wanted to be clear that it wasn't a choice between either or, that ideally you're doing both of those things at the same time. And certainly at some, in some points, it's just about getting through and making contacts and making contacts. And that's kind of that quick busy work. But like you, Janice, I am not a fan of this automated stuff. And I do believe that you have to get to know people and take a little bit of time. It's not that much of an effort. So when we think about relationships and the numbers game aspect, it's about how can you combine the two and can you, can you slow down? And that slow down to speed up quote, I loved too, because if you just take a little bit of time and get to know someone, that one contact you make, in other words, if you're setting a no goal and you want to get a no from that person, but if you contact them the right way, you may get a no, but you're building the foundation to stay in touch with that person and to develop that relationship. And so oftentimes that will turn into a yes, way more than just sending out 50 or 100 or 300 automated messages. Absolutely. Hallelujah. And I, you know, I, even, you know, I, I know that with LinkedIn, they're actually um, sh uh, shutting people down shutting company, third party companies down that allow you to do that. They don't want you to do that on LinkedIn. They want you to build relationships and they're making it harder to do it the other way and uh, send out those hundred messages a day and so on. So, um, but what I love is that the no as, as I've learned from, you know, you and other people that is just can mean just no, not yet. No, not the timing isn't right. So unless it's a hard no, if you ask the right questions, you know that you can move it forward to follow up again. Right. And um, that's where people fall off. And I think that's where you're saying slow down and come back around to those people. Right. As you build relationships. 
Absolutely. Get to know them so that you can create that foundation and they, and you may not even, you know, mention anything about your business or what you do initially. It's just about adding value at first. And then Mm. you introduce them like, Hey, there's something I think you might want to be, you might be interested in because I saw you post this or whatever. And you come back to them, you share that with them. They don't say anything, but you've, you stay in contact, you follow up. And so many times people, um, you know, this whole idea of, we were talking about Bob Berg before we jumped on the podcast, you know, this idea of no like, and trust. Well, that trust starts with that no and that like, and it's built by you showing up and oftentimes following up. Yes. And, and I think that's another whole topic probably for another day, but follow-up is, is there's a huge disconnect with follow-up with a lot of people. And so that's where a lot of those, those important no's that, and O's that move you forward um, during that period of getting, building rapport and no like, and trust falls off completely if you're not going to follow up properly with people. And you talked in this, in that blog post a little bit about, you know, doing the, um, uh, the outreach for, you know, one part of the day and doing the deeper dive connection calls another part of the day. And then you've got a, a nice balance of both things happening. Right. Yes. Thank you for mentioning that. And you're right. I forgot to address that. Uh, Yeah. I mean, have a strategic plan where some of it is more, more the numbers oriented and the the quick reach out. And then where you kind of dig in and you say, I'm going to look at five people's profiles. I'm going to read, I'm going to study, I'm going to make a thoughtful introduction to them or a thoughtful video message or something like that. So it's, it is about slowing down but it's not this kind of either or. And I think if you approach it both ways, then you get the best of both worlds. Exactly. Um, So something that I like to ask people, uh, and I know that you're gonna be one of these people because uh, I'm a curious person and I love to ask questions. That's why I love doing my podcast, but I feel there's a two part question. One is, what are you curious about? And it could be work-related or not. It doesn't matter. What are you curious about? And the second part of the question is, do you think that curiosity is innate or learned? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Um, I think curiosity is, well, I kind of think it's a little bit of both. I think it's definitely something that you can learn to be better at. Some people are just naturally curious. My father is the most curious person that I know. He, if somebody comes over to fix their roof or something, he will pepper this roofer with a thousand questions. Um, Just I mean, just because he's just interested. He's just a very curious person. Some people are just like that. I I wouldn't be. I would be like, fix the roof and get out. (laughs) Um, But So some people are just naturally curious, but I think it can be developed. Um, The things that I'm curious about, I also love learning about people. I'm fascinated with people's journeys, how they got from one place to the next, I'm also fascinated with psychology and mindset. So if I'm scrolling through social media, I can't get 
through much without seeing some post on how to how to deal with fear or um there was some interesting post the other day on what it means to borrow functioning. And that's, this is a psychological term. And I was like, what is that? I've got to find out what that means. And so I love psychology. I'm very, very curious about stuff like that. And it sounds to me like then you would also be really good at research. I do like research because I, I don't find it. I don't mind digging into people's backgrounds and learning about them. And I think there's, you can have something in common with everyone. There's, mm -hmm. there's some, it doesn't matter where they've lived or what they've done. We all have so many things in common. So I love to find the commonality. And that's kind of one of the things I, I look for and find, and I find that fun. Yes. And I do too. And I think that is a big um, advantage of a curious person because I know I have people in my life that aren't that curious and I, it's really hard for me to relate to that. And what I'm learning though, these are family members, but what I'm learning is that it, they're not necessarily not curious. They're just more introverted and, you know, they do it a different way. Be I had a conversation with my daughter this morning and, and she's started a new job. She's my introvert. She's my non-curious daughter. And um, she, uh, this job that she just started is part of a big um, a startup company with lots of growth and there's new people being um, brought on board and globally uh, every week. And I said, are you still having those um, meetings with everybody online? And she said, yes. And I said, do you get a How many people? She said 100, 150. And I said, wow. I said, do you ever get a chance to stand out, you know, from and me, the, mm -hmm. the extrovert wanting to make sure that she's seen, right? She could care less. And, um, and she said, well, everybody that's new has to actually unmute and say something unique about themselves. And that would be a stretch for her. And I said, what did you say? Well, she told me what she said, and it's pretty cool. And she wasn't afraid to say it. So, and in the um, context of the company, it was actually a really cool thing that she had done. So I, I sort of have to sit back and say, you know what? She's got it there. She just has to do it her way. And I thought that was quite telling actually, and made me feel really warm and fuzzy. So that's kind of cool. Um, my other daughter's more A-type and, and extroverted like me, and she'll just ask a million questions. So, you know, it's different. Everybody's different. But anyway, I, um, I, I want to ask you, oh my goodness, sorry. Um, that was an interesting thing, though. I uh, had sent a message, an email message to somebody as the follow-up. Oh. Nothing. Crickets. Crickets, right? I yeah. texted him yesterday, and now he's calling me. Oh, goodness. So, right? <laughs> I know. So um, why was the book Go For Now a fable? I'm sure you've been asked that a zillion times, but I am curious. The reason was we just wanted people to learn the concepts in a fun, engaging way. And selfishly, honestly, we like writing fiction. We like, uh, we've written other fiction. Richard and I wrote a couple screenplays before we wrote Go For No together. So we very much love storytelling 
and character development and all of that. And so it was for him, not really even a choice. He was completely, uh, that's what he wanted to do. I pushed back a little and said, are you sure? Maybe we should just, you know, do the talking head thing and kind of lay out the case for what Goferno is. And he was convinced that we should write this story. And so we started kind of brainstorming the idea of this guy and he's the average salesperson. And so I think the thing about it is people are able to really put themselves in the position of the character. And, and that's another benefit is we want people to, to be in it and feel like it's them so that at the end they're really emotionally connected to the message. And I think we've accomplished that. Now, I think you did too. Now is that book, that book is in other countries, right? It is. We've had it translated into almost every Russian language that there is, uh, and um, no affiliation with Russia. We're not. We're not Russian spies. <laughs> um, it's been translated into Chinese and Korean, Indian, and Hindi. Uh, Hindi, which is uh, for India, and um, yeah, and in English, and in many, many, many different countries. Have you ever thought about read? reinventing the book with a female um, protagonist? That is a really good question. One of the things that's on the to-do list, which could have maybe gotten done during the pandemic lockdown, but we ended up creating a couple other products instead. But we toyed around with Go For No the sequel. And we decided that if we ever did Go For No the sequel, it wouldn't be our main character, Eric, it would be his daughter. We, he, he didn't have any children in the first book. So right. we would give him a daughter who was 20 something now and put her in a position to have to learn go for no. So I think that would be a really fun book to write. It's on the list. Yes, I, I look forward to that because I see, you know, it's also from the traditional sales picture to today, it's completely different because now you've got all of the influencers in the online world that, you know, that is so prevalent and, and they, it would be interesting to see if that came into the fold and how you would do it differently or would it be the same, you know, like, I don't know. That's a really interesting idea, Janice. And I hadn't considered that. And maybe one of her struggles is she wants to just go online and do TikTok videos and not have to talk to anybody. And we have to, her, her father has to convince her that she needs to develop her courage and learn to go for no. Maybe, yeah. Let me know how, how that um, pans out. And, and something you said earlier, and now I just remembered it was, um, and I noticed that, I think you did a post on this too, but I, follow and love um, Sarah Blakely. And you did, you wrote something about um, the fact that her father taught her about failure. I've listened to her on a couple of podcasts too. And she's, she's, a, I just love her. And I love that, that, um, that she tells that story about, um, and it's like the go for no, right? It's exactly that it's failing to get to the success, right? Mm -hmm. I don't know. So fun to, to, so that made me think also, do you read biographies? You know, not as much as I would like to. I tend to, if there's someone I'm in, like you, I've listened to her before. And uh, I love listening to people on podcasts, though, tell their story. So I probably listen more than, to, for biographies, listen more to people. Um, and I'm not a, I love reading 
quotes. I, I love, I probably read dozens of quotes every single day, every morning, but, uh, and from Thomas Edison and, and Socrates and you name it from people of history, but not reading. Do you have a book of quotes? No, I will just go on and, and type in some, some word that's I'm thinking about. And that's usually to inspire my writing because I try to write either a blog post or something on Quora every day. That's really cool because I'm not a writer, which is why I haven't written a book. I've done a podcast. Oh, good. The bartender's here. <clears throat> That's all right. Sorry. We're going to wrap up. And, um, anyway. Um, um, and so I, I'm a book collector. I love buying books, but I never get to read them all. So, you know, there's never enough time because I'm too busy doing. Right. Um, but I did honestly read that book again, and I was so glad that I did. And I'm just delighted that you were able to be on my podcast. There's so many more questions I could ask. I feel like you have to come back again when we're going to talk about that new book and the concept again or something. I don't know. So <clears throat> one last question for you. Um, what would your best or one favorite piece of advice that you could give to my audience, which is mostly, you know, small business owners, entrepreneurs, network marketers, sales professionals, what would you give them as your one piece of business advice? Well, you know, my, my one piece of ad business advice is going to be something related to go for no. It, it has to be because that, I mean, that, that is uh, what I believe in most. And so my advice is always just um, to practice the skill of asking and start with things that are safe, like go after safe no's. So just practice asking for something crazy from the grocery store, you know, asking the person at the bakery counter for a free cookie, something that, you know, you, you know, it's, it's going to be relatively easy and you just practice that skill because it really is a skill uh, asking and you just get better and kind of numb yourself to know. So that's, that's my advice is practice that skill. You know, I think I do that because I remember the other day asking something and the person said no. And I said, well, I had to ask because if I don't ask, I'll never know. And I do that a lot. So there you go. I think that's really good advice. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you so much for um, being on my podcast. I will put all of your information in my show notes and my audience will be able to find you and the book wherever it is found. And uh, thank you to my audience again for being here. And please, if you enjoyed what you heard, please let us know, leave a review and subscribe. And remember to stay connected and be remembered. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. If this show has inspired you to reach out to connect to someone new or nurture a current or past relationship, and you think that others can benefit from listening, please share this episode. If you have feedback or questions about the episode, please leave a note in the comment sections below. If you would like to receive automatic updates of new podcast episodes, you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or from the podcast app on your mobile device. Ratings and reviews from my listeners are extremely valuable to me and greatly appreciated. They help the podcast rank higher on iTunes, which exposes my show to more awesome listeners like you. So if you have a minute, please leave an honest review on iTunes. And remember to stay connected and be remembered.